Hello and welcome to today's episode of Stories from the Pack brought to you by Wolves Fancast. Joining me today, we have YouTuber, football manager, wizard, talking <laughs> Wolves founder, David Azapardi. How are you, mate? I'm very well, mate. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, yeah. Uh, but thanks for having me on. No, our, our pleasure, our pleasure. So, sort of, we um, did one with uh, Finners last week and something that hopefully we'll kind of get delve a bit deeper into uh, today's show is... Um, I guess sort of YouTube and I get a lot about what you're doing in terms of streaming. So hopefully uh, um, we can get right into it. But as we like to do on stories from the pack, we like to start from the beginning of when you were a Wolves fan. Um, so I guess for yourself, was it very much from birth or uh, how, how did sort of it come about you being a Wolves fan? Yeah, definitely from birth. Um, I mean, I'll obviously probably go into it a little bit more. I probably didn't follow Wolves very, very closely until I sort of started secondary school, I'd say. Um, but, you know, I've still got all the sort of the baby pictures when I'm on holiday and the Goodyear kits and, and, and that sort of stuff. So, you know, I've still got those um, uh, if I if I ever need to, to get them out. But, yeah, sort of very casual fan, I'd say, mainly because my dad would, would work at the weekends anyway. So it wasn't like he could sort of take me every weekend. Um, the first sort of times I was going to games was with my granddad. Uh, my granddad and my uncle had season tickets. Um, and obviously if they were, or one of them were unable to go, or the guys that they went with, obviously there was a spare ticket that I, that I went, um, obviously I w was able to go. But um, that for me, the uh, sort of, that was probably maybe late jo uh, Dave Jones, early Glenn Hoddle era, that sort of time. So it's probably going to make, uh, some people sound um, sound a little bit old, I'd say, probably, but sorry, mate, are you on mute? I can't hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone's got to start at uh, some point um, support, supporting the club. I don't doesn't matter if you're in your twenties or in your in your sixties, I guess. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. So, did you remember? Were you sort of, I guess, following the club at the um, I guess the sort of the first promotion stage was that sort of a little bit before because that was sort of I, I started following them. I guess uh, when I started really getting into it, sort of similar to yours, and sort of from like five or six, it was sort of yeah, when I was yeah. about at nine or ten was yeah. when sort of it kind of clicked for me. But my mine was almost like a couple of years before. Um, well, the start of Dave Jones was you kind of bookended it. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, there was definitely games that I went to probably sort of in between Dave Jones and McCarthy era, you'd say, because they're probably yeah. the two sort of standout eras. There was definitely games that I went to there, but probably none that are obviously super memorable. Mm. Um, but And obviously I always kept an eye, a very keen eye on when we were in the Premier League under McCarthy and obviously remember a lot of the games when we were in the Championship. But I probably wouldn't say that I closely followed Wolves properly because I didn't get a season ticket until we'd got relegated from the Premier League. Um, okay. So my first season to get was under Solbakken. So that was, uh, I mean, a bit of a reality a check anyway. Time. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like I said, you know, on the Facebook memories and stuff, it's obviously that, you know, I was keeping up to date with scores and watching games and stuff, but to actually go into games and, you know, sitting down and actually uh, sort of doing what I do now, watching the games very, you know, with insight, I probably didn't do that up until about 10 years ago, I'd say, but um, still very much been a Wolves fan, you know, throughout my life really but it's probably been the last sort of 10 years where I've taken football a little bit more seriously I'd say okay that's interesting I mean it, it's less sort of nostalgic I guess because it's in relatively uh recent history but who were sort of your players growing up then in that 
uh, uh, you know, uh, McCarthy slash jacket era for yourself then? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the McCarthy era, it's always weird because whenever someone has asked me or, you know, asks me now who my favourite player is, I can never pinpoint one certain player that, you know, that has, so, oh, it's always been him. Um, but, you know, Ebanks Blake was one back then, which I, I yeah. you know, I loved. And, you know, you look back at some of his goals now, you know, they were great. Um, yeah, I'd probably say Ebanks. I had a, I had a weird soft spot for Chris Ulimo as well under McCarthy. That was yeah. one of those. But, he, he, you know, he's a good player for, for the Wolves as well. Um, but yeah, Jacket was sort of the era really where I was really into it. So, you know, the likes of, um, I had a sort of love hate relationship with Sacco, probably similar to how people do with Adama now as well. I can um, see that. Yeah. Cause I remember he, I on think... the championship, he, there were some games where he genuinely wouldn't do anything, but I think I appreciate it. I appreciated it more when, you know, in league one, when he's firing, because I always said to people, Sacco could do nothing for 80 minutes, but you knew as soon as he got the ball. And we needed something, he'd get it. Um, but I think it's similar to Adama now. I think, you know, a lot of people, some people love him because they, you know, he can run past players and all sorts, but a lot of people don't like him because obviously the, the lack of end products. But um, yeah, Saka was always a good one, you know, but there's loads of players because since then, you know, we've done quite well as a club. So I think there's so many players that you can pick out that everyone's going to love from every squad that we've had, really. Yeah, that there is that sort of case. Over the last ten years we did um sort of, we try to do like a best uh, Wolves team of the decade and yeah. it was the starting eleven at the moment. Well yeah, exactly. it, it like, and you go, Well, okay, great. Um but you know, with with Sacco, I think it's easy to forget that because we've had you know, obviously this abundance of, you know, top quality football players, he was so much better than the rest of the team. And yeah. you're right, he didn't do anything for like 80 minutes, but he could score the winner. And, you know, he, he was a proper crowd crowd pleaser when he wanted to be. Yeah, um, if, you, if you picked out those number of years as well, like maybe the, a couple of years from that sort of championship season we went down to sort of the, the championship season under the jacket where we sort of finished seventh or whatever, you know, all of our sort of best goals would have been or included Sacco because he was just yeah. so pivotal in those. Like there was obviously a lot of the long ranges and some of the goals like Bristol City, I think where uh, Michael, uh, not Bristol City, Brentford, where Michael Jacobs scored included Sacco on the left-hand side as well. So there were just, there were just so many moments that, you know, I, I picked him out. So yeah, like I said, I think definitely that first championship season when we de- went down, he was almost our best player that season as well. And I still was like, I was just not sure about him. But the fact that he stayed fairly loyal to us for another couple of years, at least, I think he could have jumped definitely after that first season we went down. Um, you know, I think shows how, how how good a character and how good a player he was, really. No, definitely. And I think um, it's interesting about that, I guess, the, the second relegation season, that in theory, he should have been like head and shoulders above everyone, even if we got relegated, you know, if we were... I guess a smaller team. This is going to sound slightly, yeah. slightly arrogant, but if we were one of those smaller teams and it was clear he was trying his best but just couldn't quite do it. But the fact that the club was sort of so toxic at that point. Yeah, was, um, I, I, you say you were going like, well, yeah, he's good, but I don't like him. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, it, it, it sounds so <laughs> it sounds so bitter to say, doesn't it? Um, I know. But it really shouldn't. It really shouldn't. I mean, sort of going forward then, so... Um, you know, you sort of started sporting about sort of 10 years ago and getting actively sort of, I guess, involved in the following. Sort of, how's your match day routine sort of changed from, I guess, sort of regularly going to games at that point to, well, I, I guess, literally a year ago now? Um, and I guess sort of involving some of the stuff you're currently doing. 
Yeah, so back then, um, I probably would have been getting the Buster games, I'd assume, maybe. Um, yeah, because I obviously wouldn't have been working hours at school, so I was probably getting the bus up to town. I, I, back then, I used to get the bus up to town, probably have a McDonald's, and then sort of walk to the ground. So I'd never, obviously, I was under 18, wasn't going to the pubs or anything mm. back then, but sort of, uh, yeah, get the bus up, grab something to eat, and then walk down and meet my mates at the ground. Um, and sort of as the years went on, started working. I normally work every Saturday anyway, so sort of finish work about two and now yeah. drive up, um, mm. park up and just walk straight to the ground. So I don't really get a chance to do sort of the the pub side or the pre-match side that a lot of my friends do. Um, so I sort of just sort of finish work and, and get to the ground and meet my mates. It's a bit boring, really. But when I, when I get a chance and when it's a Sunday game or whatever, and I can, you know, spend a couple of hours beforehand chatting to my mates or, you know, other people, then that's perfect. I think it was uh, might be Burnley last year, um, last season. It was absolutely roasting. And I, I'd, I'd, I think it was like a 2 p.m. kickoff or something. I got into town for about 12 because the weather was tremendous, really. So I wish I'd be able to do stuff like that more. But uh, with our season last season as well, every every other game was sort of Friday night, Monday night. You know, you get a couple of Sunday afternoons. So it was mm. a, bit, a bit all over the place, really. But obviously, sort of like you were saying before we started recording, now it's just sort of get through your day, sit down, put the TV on and that's it. So hopefully we get back to some some sort of normality soon anyway. Yeah, fingers crossed. I, I was going to say, incidentally, this is sort of something I sort of picked up speaking to Finners last week and it reminded me of something. When you're a kid going to games on the bus, because to be fair, I, I did the same thing. What time did you like to get into the ground? Because I I needed to get in early. I don't I know was what mad it was. early all the time. Yeah, I was mad at like I, I would like for the first season we did it. To be fair, the first season when we were in the championship, uh, that one under Solbakken, I do remember me getting to games sometimes quite late, as in walking into the ground and they were about to kick off. Mm. Uh, but definitely when we like me and my mates moved to North Bank for a little bit, I could have been there sometimes if it was a three pm kickoff. I was there just after two. Like yeah. I don't know why. I just I just did that a lot. Um, but yeah, whenever I got the bus, I think you always want to be cautious as well. You'd you'd rather be a little bit early than too late, wouldn't you? So I I was there watching them. Walk, sometimes I was there before they'd even come out for their warm up as well. So. Oh yeah, no, that that was it. I need I wanted to be there before, like in, in time to see the warm up. And in yeah. hindsight, I have no idea what possessed <laughs> me um, to, to sort of try to try and do it. But I know it seems to be an interesting thing I've picked up that. People on the, uh, you know, when you start going to games or when you're younger, I guess it's because it's literally just more football. Whereas yeah. you now really, it's pretty boring just watching them sort of, you know, jog up and just down. do the, the same thing on. every week now as well, don't yeah. they? So it's not yeah. like you see anything new. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, so for yourself, then, we'll, we'll kind of do a couple of highs, lows, notable moments for yourself. Um, good, bad and the ugly. So you actually got an interesting sort of... Uh, you know, slightly short of being over the last decade. But what are the sort of standout moments for yourself? It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, uh, you know, quarterfinal, you know, manual, even your, yeah. you know, whether it's sentimental ones, you you pick. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, the manual one is is one that I think a lot of fans will bring up, and obviously, it was sort of the anniversary of that the other day, and just sort of looking back at that, I, just, I remember, I remember at the time, sort of being there at the ground and we'd gone two and up and I was looking at my eyes like we're actually going to Wembley like it's absolutely mad and the atmosphere that day was just ridiculous as well and always nice to sort of watch back those highlights and so on 
Uh, but there's a few really, sort of mo- more notably over the last couple, couple of seasons, really. Um, you know, getting some big wins against teams like Man City away, Spurs away at their place, and at Wembley mm-hmm. it was both. The Wembley one was a bit weird. I think the Wolves atmosphere was pretty good, but because the rest of the ground was sort of half empty, it was it was a little bit strange, really. Um, but the one at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was pretty good last season, right before sort of uh, the season yeah. was paused. Um, but actually being able to go to Europe, the opportunity to go to Europe was, you know, it's mental. I still can't believe, you know, us as a club, were, were, we were even there. Um, and I remember saying sort of the start of last season, you know, if we do do quite well, I, I want to try and do as many as I can because genuinely you don't know when Wolves are going to be in European competition again or when we're going to go abroad again. So, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to do, I think, three European away days, which okay. was uh, pretty good. So, I mean, one of them was Crusaders, so I'm not sure if you can count that one. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, but I did, did you get um, a plane event? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got the plane. It, that was a weird one because I, uh, obviously, the game was the Thursday. I flew on on the Thursday morning and I was back at work on the Friday morning. So that was really, like, I was almost on the motorway, almost falling. To be fair, I got the flight back on the Friday morning at like half six. Um, and I was almost like, you know, half asleep on the motorway, driving back to work. It was it was really weird, really weird experience that was. I do not envy it. I'm guessing, did you um, uh, did you do the uh, Portugal and Espanol then for the other two? Yeah, that was it, yeah. So uh, Braga, we did. We actually stayed in Porto for that one and then obviously sort of got the train to Braga. The weather was atrocious for that one. It was, it was a shame, really, because I think if the weather was dry and the police weren't so brutal i think it would have been a very memorable game um and the espanol one was was good because i mean there was no pressure on it really you know we'd all more you know we'd smashed them at molyneux we were more or less already through um so that one was just a bit more chilled out i really enjoyed that again the atmosphere was pretty good and uh the ones that i tried to go to i looked at obviously olympiacos which fans couldn't go to anyway mm. and um Besiktas was the other one. I was toying with that one a lot and I didn't do it in the end, which I sort of, obviously now I wish I did, but to still have the opportunity to go to sort of three games, I'm very, uh, very, very happy to have done so really. No, definitely. I think it's something, I, hopefully it's, um, you know, in European fixtures just become a staple in, in our calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to sort of see in five, ten years time, um, whether sort of it, I know last season, you know, it was a first for many, so it's mm-hmm. still going to sort of hold hold that sort of special place. But you know, if we somehow, you know, touch would end up in the Champions League in two years' time, uh, which I doubt, but that, that's another <laughs> thing for another day. Um, and you know, we're, we're playing at the San Siro New Camp. Whether you know, but the Shiktas away one will mean as much i, I guess yeah. it, I, I i kind of hope it does um or you know even like when uh, that torino game uh when we beat them in that uh in the let's say the playoffs in in, in the qualifiers yeah yeah you know i yeah, think I, th- I think so I, I bet there's there's probably loads of fans like you know teams even like united and stuff they probably look back to you know they've pro- there's be fans that went to games this season or last season um, but still look back in at four or five years ago, probably to pick out a, a, a number of games. So I think, fingers crossed, like you say, if we, if European football comes a bit more regular for Wolves, I think that will be fantastic. And I think, you know, we've been to some great grounds and grounds we probably didn't expect yeah. to go to, but I think we all know, like, we want to be going to the Bernabeu's, the new camps, the San Siro's, you know, just for that experience to see Wolves play there, that would be amazing. 
Definitely. And I think last season we we probably got the just about the right balance of going to good uh good recognized clubs. Yeah. Um but you know it and, and good stadiums. It would have been lovely to have, you know, let's say uh got gone to Amsterdam or PSV and you know uh, yeah. or, or even or, or even Seville. Um, if we yeah, yeah. somehow played from up their ground or something like that, which is sort of I, I, a friend of mine who'd sort of been going to sort of quite a few of the away ones, he didn't go to the Espanol away one because, and he kicked himself in hindsight with, well, you know, everything that's happened in the last year, but it was with, uh, we're nearly, all, uh, we're going to beat them. They're 17th in the table. Yeah, I'd rather save my annual leave and my money for a bigger game, which obviously yeah, exactly. didn't come. Uh, and you know that's sort of a bit of a killer with the um, you know with the pandemic, but uh, literally nothing we can nothing we can do about that. So you know we talked about the highs. What about the low ones for yourself? Or you know just uh, you know maybe it's just like a little game or something like that. Or you know uh, yeah. I know sort of about the sort of jacket third season under him where it sort of got very drab very quickly yeah there's a there's a couple like i say i think i i personally have been fairly fortunate with sort of the spell that i've been supporting the club you know there's probably a a number of fans that have sort of seen us you know unfortunately you know bottle promotion under dave jones the year before we get promoted and all you know the, the the 80s and 90s or whatever but for me i think i've been fairly fortunate but there's still some like i went to um the game against brighton when we got relegated under dean saunders um it was weird because even back then i just was so optimistic going into every game like we weren't actually mathematically (laughs) relegated i think we needed to win and hope results went our way and i went to brighton still thinking yeah we're gonna stay up but because our team was that strong i just couldn't believe we were even in the bottom three um and obviously we lost and the Brighton fans are really, really good that game. And obviously the thing with O'Hara and Roger Johnson and all sorts. And uh, I don't think until sort of a few years after I sort of realised how sort of bad that was. I think at the time it sort of yeah. just went all over my head. Um, and then the most notable one probably more recently is the FA Cup semi-final as well. So yeah. like for the high of the quarter against United and then to go there, even at 2-0 up, I think, uh, you know, it was probably half the Wolves fans rubbing their hands together and the other half thing in, no, there's still a lot of time left in this game for Watford, <laughs> for Watford to make something happen and when the first goal went in and then the, the penalty, I think it was as well, I couldn't believe it really, which was uh, which was such a shame, but I'm not a big fan of sort of travelling into London for games anyway, so the, the travel back into Wolverhampton was painful, but um, yeah, yeah it, it was a shame really, but you know... I think you look at it, City had such a good team that year as well. Would we have gone to the final and won? You know, who knows? But um, yeah, that was that's probably the most painful moment I'd say in recent times. Yeah, it's it's weird sort of thinking back to the the semi final game because I, I guess sort of both teams do, but I, I just assumed Wolves would win. Yeah, I, I, I was just like, but we we're playing in a big comp- competition. We're going to win. You know, it was similar to how sort of felt I guess for the playoff final back in 03. and it was just like. Well, we're tuning up now, and yeah. you know, as soon as they got that first goal, I, I knew we weren't gonna <laughs> win. And it was, everyone went, "Oh no!" Um, but yeah, and it, it took me ages to sort of reconcile the fact that you know, there's always going to be a winner and a loser, and yeah. you know, it's for, for us, it was just like, well, we're, we're losing side this time, and you, you, it's kind of quite hard, especially when you don't play in those notable elimination games uh, so to speak 
we don't experience it very often. You know, uh, say like Man United, did they get to four, no, three semi-finals last year or something silly? I'm sure. I'm sure they kind of came effectively fourth place in the league and um, three cups. And you go, well, don't get me wrong, it's that'd be crushing uh, to see Wolves do that, but they 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 play at such a high level. They just they sort of used to winning and losing at a high stakes game. Whereas for me, it was just like, oh great and you say that that journey back was just awful yeah it was big well you know in cups really we haven't done that well anyway so that the fact that Nuno sort of got us that far like in my lifetime me actually remembering an FA Cup semi-final was sort of you know watching Wolves uh, day in day out like that was the first for me and obviously the fact actually seeing Wolves in a proper game at Wembley because we played Mm. Spurs there but just didn't sort of didn't feel the same um but then like it just went so quick and like 2-0 up, then at 2-1. And I remember when Dendonka lunged in, I sort of just looked at the skies and I thought, like, nah, how, how has this happened? And I remember I remember it was obviously John Ruddy and Garth, I think Deeney took the pen. There was a guy behind me who was like, yeah, oh. oh. So like when he's like, as if we'd save the pen, and I was just looking at this guy, what are you doing, mate? Like, you got my hopes up then. Um, but yeah, that was just, like, I, I booked the wrong trains as well. Cause I, I found, a, obviously everyone was booking trains at the same time, whatever yeah. the price is shut up. And then I booked a train thinking, right, that is that is a, such a good price. Then realized it was like half an hour after the full-time whistle. So I thought if it goes to extra time or me actually trying to get back from Wembley to Euston in half an hour is never going to happen. But yeah. in the end, it was that busy. I don't think they checked tickets or anything like that. No. So I was all right in the end. But yeah, that was a long journey home as well. Really long journey. I mean, I remember I, I, I took the coach that day um, and t- it's when you get the coach travel, it takes ages to actually leave. Yeah. So then you, yeah, you're then stuck with a, I went by myself and met people at the ground um, and we all sort of sorted out travel separately. And I was literally, I was just sitting with a route, you know, in a compact place full of strangers all in a pissed off mood and it's like the la- last thing you want to do is spark up a conversation and stuff exactly. like that um I, mean, I guess that sort of brings us around to uh, mon- i guess sort of 2021 really um so i guess one of the things sort of most known for um for, for yourself is sort of football manager um and sort of i know so you've been a, a researcher for them for a while and you you stream um playing as well i i guess sort of what kind of came first to yourself how did it all sort of come about with the whole sort of football manager thing because it was something I, I i loved playing um i'm say i still yeah, do yeah when I, well when i was a lot younger my first fm was sort of 2007 and uh it was somebody at the time that it was a family friend who was a bit older than obviously i was and he was playing wolves club manager and yeah. um i think it was actually one of my friends at primary school had it as well and uh when this per i spoke to this person about the game i thought like that's so good like, i've got to get on that and um i remember take telling my dad i want to get this game and i, I remember they used to sell it at the walls club shop so i went to the club shop and they'd stopped doing that club manager but they had football manager there so mm-hmm. i bought it actually the first one i bought from the walls club shop um got home and again i, I had i probably had every fm but Probably up until like 2011 uh, version, I probably didn't play it how you would or probably take it too seriously. So I played it for three or four years, not having really a clue what was going on, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I was just signing players from like non-league just because I saw they were born in Telford or whatever or Wolverhampton, like all sorts of rubbish, really. <laughs> I signed DJ Campbell um, when he was at like 
uh, I think it was Wealdstone. Um, yeah. Before when he was still like non-league, and they had that cup run, and just I think it was like before we signed for I want to say Blues, and his potential and stuff like that was awful. But I was like, yeah, but I've seen him score. I've seen yeah, him I, score I, I, did that a lot. I used to watch like FA Cup highlights. Um, I think there was a there used to be a program on Channel Four called Golisimo on like a Saturday morning. Yes, did a roundup of all the the European European goals. games. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I used to watch that and like just pick out players on there and search them. If I could get them, I'd get them. So just stuff like that, really. I didn't pro- play the game properly at all, probably until sort of, like I say, like 2011, 2012. Um, it's just gone from there, really. I think I started making YouTube content on it roughly around 2015, I'd say. Okay. Um, and that's gone from there, really. And a few years ago, I probably like, probably about four years ago now, uh, Football Manager was sort of advertising for researchers. So that's basically people that just help input stats and attributes into the game. And um, because of, they've got head researchers, but, you know, these people aren't going to be watching every Wolves game in such mm. detail. So uh, I, I sort of registered my interest. And at the time, there was already a researcher for Wolves and they were pretty happy with how he was doing. So I thought, fair enough. And then I think it was three years ago, they uh, probably two or three years ago, they approached me and just said, like, the, the guy's sort of leaving at the end of the season. Do you want to do you want to get involved? And I thought, yeah, sound. So, you know, it's not, it's not like a full-time thing. It's sort of just a... On, something on the side really but yeah uh, it's really enjoyable to do um you know and i've been lucky enough due to my content to sort of being invited to a lot of football manager events at their studios and you know been able when they release the game on nintendo switch i was one of the first people to play that so i can put the content out on that as well so i've been very fortunate with it really but um yeah mainly sort of looking at the wall side of things now and it i don't mean it changes the way i watch the games as such but i'm watching a lot more of the under 23s and, and stuff like that now and sort of just seeing how a lot more of that they them get on really but it all sort of sort of goes hand in hand with the, the talking wall stuff which i'm sure we'll talk about shortly it goes hand in hand with that stuff really because a lot of the stuff that i'm posting on talking walls or reading because of talking walls i know now i can put into football manager as well um just like random low moves to you know for some of our 23s players to china or whatever just like you know it's quite it's quite easy to sort of uh be clued up on that really but yeah it's something something that's really enjoyable i would say you said a couple of interesting things uh, that i think football manager have really done well on firstly is having fans i, I remember listening to a um interview with um uh, miles um football yeah. manager about it saying well when it came to the stats at the start they relied on fanzines and it was because they know that, um, you know, if you're doing a fanzine, like, I mean, we're in sort of 2021 now, so it's, it's yeah. literally things like fancast uh, talking walls, but you've kind of got to have some level of balance because if you're too, if you, if, if you know, if you give Neves 20 out of 20 for shooting, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Or a lot yeah. of long distance shots, they're going to go, He's good, but everyone's got a long range shot. He's done it a few more times. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I thought that you know that that seems to be something quite interesting. I guess. For yeah, you. I think you have to be you have to be pretty sort of realistic and fair with it. Like I said, there is a head researcher for the Premier League, so it's not like oh, I could just input all this stuff and it'll get approved straight away. Like he'll read it all through, and yeah, a lot of what they do is normally sort of. Um, balance it out between other Premier League players of possibly similar quality or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, you might look at Neves and he might compare a said attribute with someone like, you know, a random example like Tillemans or someone like that and just, yeah. or, you know, or sort of judge it against, you know, is if I'm putting attributes for Neves better than Kevin De Bruyne for argument's sake, like, you know, there's got to be some sort of balance. And 
they're pretty good with it. You know, a lot of them, they'll, it'll be constructive. So, like, stuff with Pedro Neto I did in January. Obviously, there's a January update. And for mm. Wolves, because it's been a bit of a nothing season, I'd say, you know, um, there wasn't many changes I could make of note, but Neto was obviously one of them. And there was just little bits I changed. I've changed his potential and the the research I thought it might have been a little bit too high. Um, <laughs> so I set it at a certain level, but hopefully in the summer I'll be able to nudge that back up so he becomes slightly better in the game. Then. No, definitely. Um, I was going to say the other thing that's interesting is in, in some of the football managers, I, I guess it, it, it's got a fantastic reputation for... Um, in, in a positive way, but also sometimes negative is you're saying sort of concentrating on the under 23 players and the development yeah. players because you know they, they almost have cornered it that they they can almost spot a player. Or, well, I say they can, well, literally, it's you. Um, yeah, and you know, sometimes there's uh good ones that come out of it. Um, you know, I think Danny Murphy was the first, sort of, well, way back in the day on Champ Man. Um, you know, obviously, you, you've got the notable. Um, Cherno Sambas of the world and Freddie Adu's as well. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to sort of say that you've taken, I guess, sort of a lot of focus on, um, you know, the development players and sort of seeing, you know, what, what they're, you know, what they could do in the future, whether it's for Wolves or otherwise. Yeah. Well, the, the, one of the toughest things is, like, like I said, I've tried to watch them all, but I'm still not being able because some games aren't even broadcast i'm still not able to watch every minute of every game for the 23s hmm. um so it's quite hard and it's annoying for me personally because a lot of our lads like you've seen are going out on loan and i'm sending these players out on loan to teams I'm, i mean i'm saying me as if i'm sort of brokering the deals like i'm putting <laughs> these players on loan for a football manager without actually having many attributes in there because i can't judge a player so what they'll normally do if i leave everything blank i'll give them like a current ability roughly you know what level they're playing at and the game will just sort of randomize attributes to fit that really but um for me i always like i, I would never want to transfer a player to another club with like none of my knowledge in there i'd still like to have mm. some sort of thoughts in there so the players like um otasawi i was able to do a little bit more of at the start of the season uh corbiano uh marquez obviously you know the players that played for the 23s quite regularly and i was watching a bit at the start of the season but a lot of the under-18s now, you know, they're calling up players from the under-16s. Um, same with the 23s. A lot of them are under-18s players now. So it is quite difficult to judge. And what what level you judge that as well. I think the best time to judge them properly is when they're playing first-team football league. You know, 23s, it's such a strange level. You don't really know who they're playing up against. So it's quite difficult to judge that, really. No, definitely. It's I think we kind of... It's, you know, people like, say, like Dion Sanderson, who have now kind of had... At 12 months essentially um you know at championship league one level you know he, he, he had that sort of pre-season for a sort of start of last season everyone kind of went okay he seems to have a bit about him but he, he's some someone who's probably i guess had that chance to highlight those skills more and more and more yeah yeah definitely again he was another one like you know he'd uh he was pretty well kitted out on fm um but Again, he probably didn't have everything ironed out as it should be. But there were times where, you know, with the 23s, they weren't even showing games back then, really. You know, you had to go to games and sometimes going to Telford or wherever they were playing yeah. on a Monday night or whatever is a bit, is a bit um, difficult. Um, but, yeah, like it now, he's had two good loan spells at two pretty, you know, established clubs. I think, you know, he'll come back. And uh, just in general, I think in football, it'll be interesting to see uh, where he goes next season or if he stays at Wolves. 
So I was going to say, so I'll go a bit sort of nonsensical because, well, we're on the fan cast and we like to do it sometimes. So on Football Manager, um, yeah. I guess what's been your crowning, a crowning achievement on there? And do you always play as Wolves or do you like to, uh, do you like to mix it up? Because I know sort of you do your on-running sort of games um, that yeah. you stream as well. Yeah, well, there's a bit of a running joke in the community, the football manager community, that I always do wars. But uh, I'm pretty, like, you know, last season, I don't think, last year, I don't think I did a proper sort of wall save off the top of my head. You know, I would have I would have managed them at some point, but not uh, mm. sort of in-depth. I think I did one season with them last season. I did quite well. But this year, with Wolves, I've absolutely smashed it. Like, the the best, I'd never won the Premier League. I never won the Champions League with Wolves until this season. And I won five trophies in one season and that oh, okay. was that was like christmas <laughs> like i'd smashed through it um so yeah i'd won i think the premier league league cup fa cup super cup champions league that was it that was a nice season and just having people come in my streams saying like how on earth have you got these players like i had like harland and stuff <laughs> up front you know so uh that that was my best walls achievement last year i did the um the pentagon challenge i completed that which is to win uh, you start with nothing basically you're unemployed no co- uh, coaching qualifications and you have to win the five champions leagues around the world so i managed to do okay. that last season which was I, again i didn't start that till about christmas last year or the year before now actually and i was actually on holiday um around christmas and i just got my laptop out. i was on like a, a bus transfer joined a, some third division chinese team and it all started there but that was a big achievement really starting from absolutely nothing to win all five champions leagues so that was a big uh, fm achievement Okay, I, I I remember sort of mine would have been back in ooh, maybe sort of twenty ten eleven ish, and I managed to win uh, Bundesliga with Schalke, and had the signing of the season, which was Carl Henry um, yes. for one million pounds. <laughs> and again, I look back and go like, I, I, I literally I was taking it a bit seriously. And I was having a look on sort of online sort of tips on just yeah. you know little ways how you can sort of do things a bit better instead of just randomly going for it and at the time it was like no you shouldn't sign Carl Henry what why are you doing this you do not need a defensive midfielder I used to love doing stuff like that. just signing I used to do that like even if I was managing like Liverpool or something like so I do need a backup striker I'll get Ebanks Blake in on loan or sign Ebanks Blake like back in like 2009 2010 I was like what are you doing so like, just a yeah. backup Champions League striker we'll get Ebanks Blake in yeah no problem exactly <laughs> you know it's, it's good to look it's good to look at home on ones like that I yeah. found I mean I've had my fingers burnt slightly too many times and there were points where I'd if I wasn't playing as Wolves and I'd sort of go Ooh, I'd do the scouting report. I'd literally get a scouting report of every player, and then it would be like, "Yeah, they've, they've got about two and a half stars." And I go, "No, they don't." Yeah. <laughs> also, no, he doesn't. They're, they're, that's my team. How dare they? Way better than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, I, I guess sort of following on from, um, I guess sort of streaming on on football manager it then sort of progressed into sort of talking wolves to yourself is that sort of how sort of the timeline worked was it about the same, yeah, yeah. Uh, same time I, yeah i'd say obviously i did the youtube stuff i was doing predominantly football manager started going into a little bit of real life stuff <clears throat> and i actually did a bit of vlogging actually wolves vlogging on my own okay. channel so I'd, I'd probably say i started a very similar time to when finners did like doing the vlogging stuff i'd say you know he's progressed much better than i have uh, and uh it just got to a point with me like i was doing games and it was um it it was all right but i very rarely spoken i do an intro and then the rest was just like 
corners being taken next to me or whatever, you know, but people weirdly seem to enjoy it. And there was people from like Australia and stuff commented saying like, I appreciate you doing this because like it's the next best thing to actually sort of, you know, being at the game. Mm. Um, so I did that and it started doing quite well. And obviously the sort of the season under Nuno, when we got promoted, there were some big games like, you know, beating Villa and Sheffield United at home. You know, they, they were quite popular. And it was weird because there was a couple of obviously younger fans that sort of sat near me sort of knowing what I was doing because they'd obviously seen the videos. So there's sometimes like people trying to wave or everyone on, on the videos and stuff like that. Um, and I had a couple of fans like, you know, approach me after games and stuff. But it got to a point because I'd moved, uh, like I said earlier, I was in the North Bank. I moved to the South Bank and I think I did a sort of season of vlogging there. And then it got to a point where like, I didn't mind, you know, there was people moaning, as always, you know, people moaning everything. There were people moaning about the whole vlogging thing. So, mm. like, you know, you're not even watching the game. I thought, like, I'm holding the camera there. And my eyes are literally on the game there. So I'm still watching the game. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I sort of got, it got to a point where, you know, I wasn't, not that I wasn't enjoying the games anymore, but whenever we got a free kick, I was more more concerned about getting my phone Game. out to record yeah. it and actually being bothered about it. So I thought I'd, I'd sort of leave that. I was in the South Bank anyway. It's not like I could, you know, put my phone up there and start talking. It just sort of wasn't that sort of thing. So um, whenever I wasn't doing that, I remember it was probably, uh, it was a few years ago now, I did, well, I started doing uh, match reviews on my, my on my own channel as well. So just doing reviews of the games and they started being quite popular as well. Uh, probably getting a couple of thousand hits on some of those. And okay. that was way more than my football manager stuff was getting. Um, so there was, it got to a point, I think it was around a Christmas time. There was a guy that, um, who was pretty well respected on Twitter, who sort of, you know, spoke to him every now and then he says, oh, I've seen your stuff and you should maybe look at doing a wall sort of, uh, group channel. Um, and obviously I think the main intention or the main sort of idea was for a Wolves, I Wolves type channel, a bit like Arsenal fan TV, but obviously mm. I didn't want it to be that way, like sort of controversial or whatever. So, um, I thought, you know, well, it's a good idea. And I, I sort of sat on it for a couple of months. Um, and then I thought, right, I need to get this going before the end of the season. Cause this was the promotion season. I need to get this yeah. going before in the premier league, set some sort of foundations down and then go for it during the prem. So I uh, I approached a few people. So I approached Tom Rouse, who's the, who's the old Golden Black mm. now on YouTube, because uh, I'd done stuff with him before, um, and you know I valued his sort of content and his opinion. Uh, Finners was another one I approached again because he had a decent at the time a decent uh, you know, base, and you know I got on very well with Finn. Um, and then Ewan EAB Skills was another one because mm. sort of again I knew he was a big Wolves fan. Spoke to him every now and then. So they were the first three that I'd approached. And we, we had a chat about it and stuff like that and sort of had our plans in place. And then obviously Matt Cooper, who's part of it now, sort of approached me. I think he'd just sort of finished uni and just said, like, I've seen this talking wall, so I'd be very interested to, to get involved in it if I can. So spoke to Matt really. And he's sort of, as time's gone on, sort of taken a bit more of a role in it, to be fair. Sort of, you know, sort of me and him basically now sort of sort of found it basically you know run it sort of thing so i run all the social media side and youtube side and matt predominantly does sort of the website sort of stuff like blogs and stuff like that mm. um so yeah we started it in that championship season first few weeks we did the old you know the, the microphones outside the ground sort of thing and that it did okay it did okay i, I mean we got some seriously weird looks outside the ground to be fair the, the more annoying thing back then was a lot of it was evening games so the lighting wasn't great the videos weren't fantastic but I was fairly happy for a brand new channel, like with the viewership we were getting and uh, the actual quality the videos were coming out at. 
and we're just doing this the same old previews and reviews sort of thing um and then it just slow slowly i don't know if there's anywhere that it's just sort of been a boom or where sort of things just shot up but i think it's just been a gradual rise over i think it's three just over three years now um but i always like doing the transfer videos stuff like that because you know it's fairly easy content to make which like people seem to love it really but you know although i sort of tweet tra any transfer rumors i see somehow people think i'm in the know sometimes so you know <laughs> i've got to be a bit careful with you know how i say things or what i say so um yeah so i always put reportedly on it so it's it's not like it's coming out of uh, my mouth but yeah it, it, it's really enjoyable really enjoyable and, and now that's sort of taken all the focus off my own personal football manager channel really and i put all the eggs into the talking wars basket mm. to be honest and you know i've had opportunities i've done stuff with wolves uh which you know is has been great so you know they got me to sort of do a commentary on a villa game which we lost 4-1 in the end again that popped up on my timeline the other day which you know exactly um and just little partnerships and stuff with people and places that i don't think i would have ever done if i hadn't sort of started this sort of thing so for something once again as it's not not a full-time job just as a hobby it's something obviously i really enjoy doing no definitely i mean I, I, you're, you're preaching somewhat to a converted on, on a on a show like this and you know we've been doing it for you know a, a bit a bit longer but yeah. you know the doors it opens and the people you sort of meet from it and you know yeah. it's it, people you don't even sort of expect to meet in a way you know we um one of the things that sort of i've, I've said sort of before that I, i'm most proud of in the fan cast that uh, and sort of you, you, by the sounds that you've sort of had it bits with your vlog as well is for foreign listeners and viewers yeah. and that you know when, when we've had people sort of come over to uh, come over to the game have been following us so I'll, I'll give them a little shout out but you know like todd, todd dewitt and we're like yeah i'm gonna i'm just gonna have holiday in, in wolverhampton and birmingham <laughs> yeah what what else? todd Straight um and uh, you know yeah we'll stay we're staying on the technical road it's like okay <laughs> wow <laughs> okay um but we'll do a couple of days in london and, yeah um but uh, you know actually you know seeing them after a game learning about you know what it's like being in colorado or texas or washington and stuff like that it's just been fascinating sort of you know that, that's on I, I guess sort of a viewing level but even the ones not i was gonna say professionally like don't get paid for this but um yeah. you know through like little partnerships and stuff like that you know i wouldn't dream of you know being able to go to corporate games and you know we've been really fortunate that you know every so often someone would sort of pop along and say hi do you fancy coming to yeah. this like, this is just not a world i'm, I'm used to it, it's mad though because there's people like you say sort of the, the foreign listeners that if it wasn't for podcasts or youtube channels or whatever the chances are they wouldn't even care about wolves like it's actually the fans that are sort of driving these people towards the club like yeah. you know yes they may have an interest in wolves but the fact that there's other fans out there talking about wolves or making content about wolves are, you know are, are bringing more people closer to the club and i hope soon i know i've i've spoke to the club about it before because i think the club could get a lot of people like like ourselves you know more involved in that sort of side of things and you know they've said yeah yeah we will and you know it's it, i think i think they do have to be careful about it i'm sure you've probably had conversations with people about yeah. it before as well <laughs> i i understand you know with Fosin especially you know it's been quite difficult because they like to keep a lot of things under wraps and yeah you know and I would like I I would love for for some day sort of that sort of the the content creation side of Wolves and the actual sort of club itself to sort of go hand in hand for maybe a couple of projects a season, um, 
but yeah, like you say, just there was stuff like when we started up talking walls and like you know, I remember you, yourselves, the fan cast followed us quite quickly. I was like, oh wow, okay. And then like Jackie Oatley followed us. I was like, right. So it's just like, you know, Jackie Oatley, who, you know, we'd seen on BBC and ITV or whatever, dropped us a follow very quickly. I was like, that is crazy. And yeah. remember we tried to get her on uh for an interview and she was like, Well, I'm actually going to the World Cup next week. I was like, That is that is mad, isn't <laughs> That's it? A so, ball of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's mad. So, sort of something that we just sort of do for fun and do for a hobby. The impact that it has, just not on ourselves, but other fans as well, is fantastic. You know, when sometimes it can, you know, we lose a game. It's like, oh, we have to do another video, do another podcast now. But like, you know, when you sit back and sort of appreciate it, it's 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 class, really. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I, I completely agree with the club side of things, and it's it's interesting. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll try not to sort of pull out the club too uh, too much and burn bridges for later yeah. but um you know it, it was interesting that the fan cast really took off or it really kind of i think stepped up when we were in league one and the, yeah. the bridge between fans and the club was at its worst and the club either consciously or subconsciously did lean on us a bit um mm-hmm. to you know they, you know they retweeted sometimes you know sent a gif and stuff like that and that did sort of quietly stop and a lot of their interactions on social media with fans have just it's quieting stopped. down a lot isn't it yeah and you know I, I i can see why they why they do it why they've done it but you know i think uh, there are lots of uh, i guess sort of um i was gonna say content producing a sort of slightly different step but you know what they're doing with some fantastic graphic designers and artists at the moment and how they're sort of managing to incorporate that into the club culture um it is difficult i guess to do it with the likes of ourselves but it would be nice to sort of somehow do something um yeah. you know but but it's like the same with that um you know under folks and it would uh, yeah, it was under Forest and under Dalrymple. You know, we kind of got quietly approached to sort of sit on a, a, a fan experience stuff and things like that. And you know, sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's bit being in the right place at the right time with some of these. But I definitely think you know it, the, the club could do a lot because there, there are so many YouTube um, YouTube channels, podcasts now that you know we're all doing you know something slightly different in how we do it. But we're all kind of you know why we're doing it it's, it's the same it's just sharing our our love of wolves really yeah i mean you know i've got you know i've got conversations with some you know people that work at wolves in the media team so i it, look i'm not expecting them to say especially in the sort of situation right now dave can you come down modern you tomorrow and we'll do a video or whatever you know <laughs> i'm not expecting that sort of thing but i think there's definitely scope for it and like you say there's yeah. lots of people i i think the one thing they are cautious of probably on not upsetting people as well because like you say there's so yeah. many people out there now that are, are good quality it's not like you know there's there's only two two or three standout people there are a lot of mm. decent content creators out there at the moment so um yeah but i, I think down the line i would lo- love to see them do that you know they're getting a lot of these they're actually employing a lot of people to do presenting and stuff like that which is fair enough but i think one-off videos with players or whatever would be great and i think people would enjoy it you know there'd be fan cast listeners or viewers of the youtube stuff or whatever that you know would would watch that and i think you draw in extra viewers because of that as well so um yeah i mean you know we could we could talk about this for ages but yeah i think hopefully you know sometime soon that that is something that we can look at but um yeah as a whole the, the opportunities that it's it's brought have, have been fantastic really no, I completely uh, can completely see that. Um, I, I guess sort of rounding up sort of YouTube kind of content as a whole, really. I mean, it, it's something that you know from the fan cast, but you know how we're we're doing this on um, the stream yards at the moment, so we can sort of drop it on YouTube straight away and things like that. 
Um, but you know, it's sort of something we've started to actively doing a bit more this year um, compared to sort of just mainly doing audio. Um, uh, you know, and it's something I, I didn't quite appreciate to say sort of how many people were doing it in sort of slightly different ways from say people just doing previews reviews to sort of a vlog side and, and and sort of kind of everything in between really and that you know i didn't quite appreciate i guess you know the, the whole medium really yeah it's it's especially this season it's it's really taken off i think you know there's a couple of groups and a couple of channels that have sort of seen what's happening at the moment and sort of you know want to still sort of talk about wolves a lot more so obviously the top of my, my head at the moment i think there's probably six or seven channels that I can remember mm. now, like I know now of obviously sort of doing the stuff that sort of talking was it in the reviews and stuff. Obviously there's ourselves, obviously uh, dazzling Dave does um wondering wolf. who's a new one with Mark Rhodes from BBC. Um, uh, wondering about wars. who's a sort of a, a younger fan with a dad as well. So there's a, there's a lot out there. I think there's probably obviously Finn as well, who does the vlogging. So um, yeah, it's become very, very popular. Um, and it'll be interesting to see sort of where it takes off if people sort of give that up after after lockdown or carry it on or but it's it's good to see so many fans out there. There's there, there are a few. I think you know I'm not looking. There's channels there that I I don't. I mean I'm not saying I religiously watch every video of all of them, but all the channels that are out there at the moment do good content. There's not anyone that has sort of come out and I'm thinking I have to turn it off straight away because it's that bad. Like everyone is doing. <laughs> good content and i think with walls at the moment like everyone's opinions is slightly different so uh yeah I'm, I'm, i think it's great it's a good place to be in at the moment the walls youtube no definitely and i think um yeah you're completely right about um not wanting to sort of just turn it off straight away and things like that and yeah. you know de- definitely sort of on the opinion side of things so it's uh it's a sort of slightly civil war at the moment and that's actually sort of quite a nice um a bridging point for us to sort of now now we kind of caught up um with, with everything in terms of i appreciate we can kind of go to um talking wolves youtube account to uh find out but um <laughs> how are you finding wolves at the moment uh, you know are you nuno in nuno out uh, how apathetic really i guess are you or sympathetic are you for the whole sort of situation it, at the it, moment it is mad that that is even a question but it genuinely is and when i speak to people uh that aren't wolves fans about it they just can't believe that we're even sort of contemplating or talking about nuno leaving the club um yeah i'm I'm very much sort of nuno in i can i can appreciate and sort of understand some people that sort of want to see the club go in a slightly different direction but i'm very much sort of uh i want nuno to stay i don't you know i, I think as long as we're not as long as we don't go down which i don't think we're going to um, I can sort of understand this difficult situation he's been in personally and, and for the club as well this season. So I think as long as this there's not like a repeat of this next season in terms of performances, I think if we were playing attacking football and taking the, 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 the game um, to teams and we're still sort of sat here, I think people would possibly, you know, sort of slightly more understand it because the football's a bit more attractive. But um mm. I think he's got to make sure next season we do improve quite rapidly. Uh, but I'm very much new to it. I, I think at, at the time, especially when people wanted him out, was it like sort of mid-January? I don't think there was yeah. anybody out there, you know, that could improve the club straight away or improve our position as a club. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm just hoping, you know, get the season done and dusted like many fans are. Uh, hopefully have a positive pre-season and uh, go for it next season. Again, if we can start knocking on the door of the top seven again, that'd be that'd be perfect. 
No, one thousand percent. I think uh, you know. Hopefully, with sort of a bit of investment, Jimenez coming back. Um, you know, a few a few new signings. But, you know, there's some obviously some top quality players in there, and you know, I, I think Nuno can definitely get us to be you know the fifth, sixth, seventh best team in this division. Uh, you know, breaking into the top four is going to be the next question mark. But I think yeah. that um, as fans, if we're demanding, you know, us to be, you know, well, we should get rid of him because we need to finish top seven. There's a few <laughs> extra steps between where we are currently to get up there. And yeah. I think Nuno can probably last us a bit longer. But I think you're right. He needs a transfer window and sort of, you know, 12 games going into next season and that that you say if we've not got that rapid rise then then that the questions i guess have got to be answered a question a bit more yeah i think we'd definitely be able to understand it then i think unfortunately for him he set himself such a high standard now probably you know Mm. as a manager that's what you want to do but um he set himself such a high standard now first season get promoted second season getting seventh third season getting seventh you know like i don't think any of them like it would have been amazing if any of a manager had come in and, and done that mm. and um yeah i think like you say i think first and a half you know it's on a massive contract at the start of the season i remember at the start of the season everyone was saying well that's our biggest transfer of the window done then mm. and then like three or four months later everyone's sort of a lot of people slagging <laughs> him off you know so but i think a lot of it's sort of the recruitment obviously we know not a lot of it is sort of in his hands as such you know he doesn't pick mm. the budget he most of the times he probably doesn't even pick the players as such that are going to be sort of scouted or sort of uh, put to his attention i know apparently sort of he has the final word which is fair enough but yeah i, I um, don't quite believe it either <laughs> yeah. but you look at other than that first season when we got promoted uh that first summer we have not had a good transfer window no. so that's that's vital for the club i think to have a good transfer window this summer um if we could have jumped on that that first season when we got europe i think they were they used an excuse i, I think that they were because they, i think the qualification for europe finished when the transfer window was shut like it was after yeah. and they didn't want to spend a load of money in us to get knocked out of europe but in that case just bring in you know you i don't mean we utilize the loan window at all that season use the loan no. window so this summer is vital i think to to see really where the club if they're genuinely serious about us being this sort of so-called Premier League powerhouse they want us to be in a number of years' time. No, well, uh, fingers crossed on that because, um, you know, well, frankly, I think that we'll have a lot more content creation to do otherwise. Yes. Um, which I was going to say, <laughs> won't, won't, won't be bad for me or you, but we'll uh, yeah. wrap it up there for today's Stories from the Pack. Dave, big thanks for joining us uh, once again and hopefully we'll uh, be able to catch up soon. Yeah, definitely, mate. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. Terrific. Smashing. <laughs>